On this episode of Locked on Lightning, we're asking the question, what do the Lightning do at the trade deadline? We talk about all that more, but first, let's play that music. You're Locked on Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to another episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I want to thank you all for making us your first listen of the day on this episode of Locked on Lightning. We're discussing what did the Lightning do at the trade deadline? Now, the deadline is a little far, not too far. I mean, it'll sneak up on you like it does every year. Uh, Like, you know, we always have this conversation every year. What do... What do the Lightning do? What moves are going to be made? And, you know, the Lightning do have some time. Trade deadline is March 3rd. So we are about a little bit more than a month away. Well, two months away. Yeah, a month away. I would say that. My math isn't good. But (laughs) what what I do know that is good is that the Lightning are probably going to make a move. Now, to what degree of, I guess, earth-shattering or how much of a difference it's going to make is going to be very dependent on a couple of things this year, because the last couple of years, the lightning have, well, Julian Bruce boss GM of the Tampa Bay lightning have done. He has done a very good job of, of just pulling out these wonderful moves that sometimes we see them coming. Sometimes we don't see them coming. Uh, For example, Blake Coleman, from the Devils in 1920, uh, David Savard, um, a couple of years ago as well. Barkley Goodrow the same year as Coleman. Nick Paul last year. So, you know, the moves have been made to where these moves have made an effect immediately, and 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 have shown, and have really been the reason why Tampa Bay has won two straight Stanley Cup championships and gone to three straight Stanley Cup finals. Now this year has been a little bit different. This year is definitely going to be a little bit different from Tampa Bay. Now for the rest of the free agent market, I think very well on what teams are willing to give Tampa Bay because if you look at Tampa Bay's situation, their cap and. and we all know the Lightning are pretty much up against the, the wall in terms of scat, uh, cap space. Not very much with a lot of room to breathe as of now. Now, the other thing with that, I mean, we're all, like I said, all aware. I mean, it, it goes to money. You know, how how creative is Julian Breesbaugh going to have to get to get a good piece to improve this team and then also on the same breath as that is what is he willing to give up that is not going to set this team back now we all know last couple years he's been busting out first round draft picks second round draft picks here you go you want one you get one you get one now this year the lightning are set back they don't have a first they don't have a second uh they're probably not going to have a good position for third fourth third third through seven of this year, they don't have a first round pick for next year as well. Uh, maybe that pick that they have that they got from Chicago uh, for next year, not this upcoming draft, but for 2024, 
maybe that dangle, maybe they dangle that carrot in front of some teams. Who knows? Maybe teams are going to bank on Chicago being bad, or the Lightning at least are going to bank on Chicago being bad. Does Julian Brees boss? I mean, it also begs the question, you know, because the Lightning do have all their draft picks for 2025. Do they go that long route to get someone, you know, do they get that route to go down that road to get someone uh, that that will have some sort of quality at the same time? Does Julian Brees boss maybe make the decision we need to start saving these draft picks, maybe stockpiling them? You know, this core isn't going to be young forever. Uh, the Lightning's. Uh, organized uh, farm system up in Syracuse. Listen, they, they're talented up there. A lot of those players are going to be good uh, top six players, uh, maybe maybe second or third line defenders. But we're not going to see a lot of superstars coming out of Syracuse anytime soon. So does Julian Boss say, you know what, this team is good enough let me think about the future right now. And and the other the other factor that goes into that whole decision making is the fact that our teams at this point in time willing to I mean, obviously you're not gonna have a trade anytime soon between any the Lightning and any of their division rivals. I mean, last year with the Ottawa Centers, that was a whole that was a whole thing. And I think that um you know, you might see a trade with that, with, with those guys, or, or maybe Montreal. I mean, Montreal, just looking at their roster, doesn't really, nothing really sticks out to me as a player that the Lightning are going to get in return without giving up a lot. Um, and that's really what the goal is, obviously. But really, the question I'm tr- trying to ask is how many players, how many teams are really going to be willing to go out of their way now? Because I'm sure at this point, anybody that is not a Lightning fan, especially a, a fan of a team that's inside the Atlantic division and a fan of a team that is definitely in the Eastern conference. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there in the hockey world that are kind of tired of seeing the lightning, you know, in three straight Stanley cup finals now. And, and I'm sure organizations kind of take that into somewhat of an account, you know, do we want to upset our fans? I mean, how much of a big uproar would that cause making a trade with the lightning to help them get better at the deadline, possibly improving their chances of getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals. I don't think it would be uh, pitchforks and torches mafia type, angry mob type uh, angry, but I'm sure it would cause some rumblings and some displeasement throughout the, the the fan base and maybe some to some players in the organization. But... Yeah, really this year, the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to have to ask a lot to to get a lot in return. And I feel like, you know, I didn't realize that until recently as, you know, we've started the, the really the talk about Julian Brees Boss having those, fielding those, uh, those those questions you know with the trade deadline like i said it's in march it's it's in march beginning of march but it'll sneak up on you uh pretty quickly uh in the blink of an eye so what do the lightning have to give up i mean what do they have that's going to look sexy to another team i mean we've spoken about ox Kalorn here on the show numerous times as probably a 
at least a piece that would most likely be the player that would be dealt um, that would have the most quality and, and kind of a player that we would imagine if, because if Kalorin's going to go out after this year, you know, is he going to stay with the lightning if he doesn't get the deal that he wants, or is he going to go somewhere else for more money? You know, my feeling on that is, and I feel like this with a lot of players, because most likely, especially with your franchise guys, you're never going to allow or risk allowing a Stamkos, a point, a Kucherov, uh, a, a, a Hagel or, or, you know, a, a Hedman or a Sergachev. Uh, or Vasilevsky especially, uh, you would never risk going into the final season uh, of their current deal without having something lined up or, or have them already signed an extension to that deal. So I would say at this point in time that most likely, you know, I I don't think that Kalorin's going to get the money anywhere near that maybe he would ask. I don't think he's going to get anything close to maybe what he's making right now four and a half but who knows i mean he he might be able to really put an exclamation point on the end of a season but at the same time i would prefer to get something back in return for him right now that would help the lightning uh down the road but at the same time you're running the risk of having a situation where you're not going to be able to get that out value back because really out there we have to ask ourselves, and we'll talk about this in the second segment, is there a player out there that the Lightning could trade for where then we could just do one for one up uh, straight off, straight up, be able to and be able to afford that player for the rest of the season and for future seasons if they have uh, more years on their contracts and on top of that be able to um, – not get fleeced and, 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 you know, everything that comes in with that. So we'll, you know, we'll, we'll answer those questions there because, you know, this is really something that, like I said, I'm sure the, the trade talk will be very much discussed uh, in the upcoming weeks. Um, but definitely want to get ahead of the curve right now and talk about that. So we'll talk about all that in just a little bit, but first I want to talk about today's sponsor and that is FanDuel. I love FanDuel Sportsbook. Not only because they're, they have an easy-to-use app, uh, they have all the best odds. They, they give you all the varieties in terms of props, same-game parlays, all, all the stuff you could think of. But the fact that now I could finally say this week that we're really excited about them being the sports betting partner of the Lockdown Podcast Network, and that's because they are the number one sports book in America and if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features. Like I said, you know, updated odds. Uh, and you could bet in live, in live, uh, in game live betting is, is one of my favorite parts about it. I mean, if, if the Lightning go down a goal going into the second period, uh, I'm going to put down a bet that they're going to win that period because the Lightning are one of the best teams scoring wise in the second period this year. So definitely keep that in mind if the Lightning are behind going into a second period. Definitely expect a goal or two out of the boys in blue and white. So right now, football fans, because we got the NFL playoffs going on, even though the Bucks are out of it, we could still bet on football. So go ahead, place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more 
with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. So once again, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. If you haven't already done so, please go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that notification bell and drop a thumbs up and a comment below. So as soon as the newest episode drops, you will be notified as well as let us know who do you want the Lightning to target? Because this is a conversation that we will be having unless JBB gets a deal done within the next couple of weeks or so, which... I wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for Julian Reese Wallace. I think that that would probably maybe be the better move. But at the same time, because, listen, I, we all know how the deadline works. At, there's 101 million moves <clears throat> being made uh, at the deadline in the final hours. And, you know, from the moment, uh, it, it's like the stock exchange, pretty much. That's how I, I kind of think the the gm's uh, offices are the madness of of the new york stock exchange you know people screaming all that stuff but i think that maybe that instead of waiting till the 11th hour to potentially get a deal done or or at least the last day of the deadline to get a deal done maybe it would be fortuitous for julian Brees boss to get ahead of the board get ahead of the game and and maybe look at possibly getting a piece right now. Now the one player and, and I think that is out there for the lightning to get now, whether it might cost Alex Kalorn or maybe more or maybe some pieces in Syracuse uh, is still yet to be determined, but the one thing that we could agree on is that the Lightning are lacking in both sides of their game. A little bit on defense, a little bit on offense. Wouldn't hurt you, especially with you know having Maroon and Belmar, and just you know the ever possibility of someone getting hurt down the line as the season progresses on, as we get into the dog days of March and April. Guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to need certain nights off. One player comes to mind, and I think that a lot of Lightning fans will not only be happy for this to happen, but I think wouldn't be surprised if it happens, honestly. And I and everything that I'm seeing around the internet and, and hearing from people that are in the know, it seems as though is that more likely than not, Julian Boss will make a move at some point for Luke Shen. And... Like I said, I think this would be a no-brainer. I mean, that is one of the good things I think about. Not only we all know what Luke Shen could do. Uh, right now, he is the NHL hits leader, which is great. So you know he could throw his body around. He could throw his weight around there on the ice. But the added plus to that is that you know what you're going to get from him. You know that he's versatile. I mean, we saw what his time with the Lightning that John Cooper loved to switch him around. Sometimes throw him out there on the wing. Sometimes throw him out there as a almost, even though he's on the wing, acting almost as a third defenseman. Sometimes throwing him out there as a defenseman. So he's a very versatile player. And he's very, a, a deep cup run will be nothing shocking or groundbreaking to his world because 
Obviously, he was part of those two cup teams. Uh, and I really wish the Lightning could have somehow figured out how to keep him. Uh, um, but you know what? We all love a good comeback story. We all love a, a sports prodigal son comes back home story. And I think this would be nice. I think this would be nice, especially uh, with kind of some of the moves that haven't so much panned out for Tampa this past offseason. And the moves I'm really talking about are Hayden Flurry um, and, and just Vladislav Nemestikov. Just very, the two very underwhelming moves. Uh, Vlad has really, you know, he has, like I said, he's had his moments this season where he, you know, he does create plays for himself. He creates opportunities for himself to where we could potentially see him, you know, score a goal here and there has just not been able to figure it out. I mean, the guy, the one thing that we could say about Vlad Nemestikov is that he's very good at hitting the, the, the backboards of the, the end boards instead of the actual net itself. Um, and now he's been relegated to sandpaper duty on the fourth line. And, I feel like, you know, obviously he just signed with the Lightning this offseason, so the Lightning cannot move him. And I, I just feel like at this time his that that extra man, him having him on the fourth line with Pierre Edouard Belmar and Corey Perry, I, I just feel like unfortunately, and, and this is no disrespect against Vladdy, I don't feel like it's a it's a good use of a roster spot to have a guy like that on the fourth line. Nemestikov isn't exactly the biggest guy uh, on the team and and definitely, you know, playing that more sandpaper role uh, isn't really something that I would like to see him do because I don't feel like that's one of his big, big strengths. Now, maybe he'll mold into that role as time goes on and really be somewhat of an agitator. We'll have to see, but... I look at this line, I look at these lines and I look at this roster and, and one can't help but think is Luke Shen would fit perfectly into this because you could start to maybe designate time between Nemestikov and Shen if Shen comes in or if Shen is brought in. You can move Pat Maroon back down to the third line, um, maybe put Perry on the third uh, and and have Shen on that fourth line with Edouard, Belmar, and Nemestikov. I mean, excuse me, Nemestikov and Maroon, and 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 I don't know. I that would also leave a weird situation uh, for Nemestikov because I feel like you bring in Shen, it's pretty much Cooper and company saying, "All right, this isn't working out. We're gonna phase you out into kind of a." a deaf player position where you're not going to be guaranteed to play every night. Now it's unfortunate, but I, I think it's a move that makes sense. I think that especially with Shen, he's not going to be an every night guy. He's not going to be playing every single night. Uh, I think during the playoffs, we'll see the same thing. Um, but I think it's a move that definitely makes sense for the Tampa Bay lightning uh, as they try to get back to the playoffs, which they a hundred percent will. Um, uh, and it's, and it's a move, you know, the, the good thing about this is that the Lightning don't need to make a move that is going to, that, you know, they're not in a position where, ah, oh, we need to make a move because then we're not going to get the playoffs. 
that's not the case. You know, we, we all know the recipe now. Get in and then make some noise. Um, Julian Brees' boss has stated he's not going to try and chase after Toronto and Boston, which is fine. Uh, Boston is just on a whole nother level now playing. I mean, they continue to roll. I've made my peace with that, which is fine. As for Toronto, I'm still confident that Tampa could make some sort of ground um, at some point or as the season weighs on. Now, because if we're looking at the rest of the free agents, uh, I mean, excuse me, the, the, the guys that are available out there, the one player that sticks out to me, and I'm very curious as to what some of you might think about this, uh, is Ivan Barbashev from the Blues. Big guy, very physical, uh, could could throw up some points here and there. A guy that we could see potentially slide into the spot for for maybe Corey Perry if he chooses to retire at some point over the next couple of years. Uh, something to think about, Lightning fans. I, I really like Ivan Barbashev's game. He does get hurt here and there. And plus, you know, if it doesn't work out, if you bring him in, doesn't work out, he's a UFA after this year. So that that's the one, uh, I guess, you know, positive is that, you know, you're not stuck with this guy uh, as is in a situation where, like I said, you know, Nemestikov, we all, he could very well come back next season and, and figure, figure it out and start to play better. But right now it's not working. Uh, there's most games out there where he just is invisible and the lightning can't afford to have that kind of a situation what they had with Alex Kalorn, which some Lightning fans I've seen respond on the YouTube page with Kalorn. They said that was kind of a fluke. Who knows? Maybe we'll be saying the next thing uh, with Nemestikov next season. So let us know in the comments below what you think about this uh, upcoming tread deadline for the Lightning because I think it's definitely the most important one we've had yet. Uh, it's definitely going to test Julian Breesboss's merit uh, as a GM, and it's I'm gonna have a lot of fun being able to see how these guys, how Julian Breesboss not only navigates the the market uh, and not try to get swindled by opposing teams, but also be able to bring in something uh, or someone uh, that is gonna be able to contribute right away and be able to not be that that uh, that costly. As well as you know, I I think my trade deadline wish is that we get some more draft picks. Uh, so, you know, maybe that's just me being greedy. Let me know in the comments below what you think about that. Will, what are, you know, we just got done with the grades for midseason. You know, maybe, you know, in a couple of weeks, we'll be having our uh, trade deadline grades for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So wrapping things up on the show. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of very enticing names out there on the trade, trade block for, uh, a lot of the teams and unfortunately you know in years past if we were talking 1920 and the trade deadline uh the the cap was what it was or if the cap was supposed to grow the way it should have been uh minus covid we could very well be having the conversation right now about timo meyer because i that is someone that jumps off the page to me bo harvat from vancouver uh a center you I, I mean, you can never have too many good centers on a team. I firmly believe it. Uh, centers are really what catapult your team from being pretenders to contenders. And and 
you know, if the, the deal could get done where the Lightning could maybe trade uh, Alex Kalorn and get someone back, a center especially, of Bo Harvard's caliber or maybe a Ryan O'Reilly or Jonathan Taves, which let's just cross that off the list. That ain't going to happen. Or Sean Moynihan. Uh, that'd be perfect, but I'm aiming a little lower for an Ivan Barbashev. A Luke Shen now in terms of money being able to have to work out does a team have to keep retain some of that salary we'll have to wait and see uh how convincing Julian Brees boss will be in those talks and by the result of what we get back in a trade uh and we'll definitely talk about that as stories continue to come out and and rumors start to fly out in the coming weeks because we will definitely hear our fair share of rumors and in the meantime please go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast give us a follow on our instagram page at lo underscore lightning uh locked on underscore lightning on instagram lock lo underscore lightning on twitter give me a follow on twitter at danky dank d-e-n-k-y-d-a-n-k uh tweet to me who who is on your trade deadline wish list really love to hear from all of you and you know hit those dms up uh for mailbags as well because we'll definitely be starting that back up uh, in the coming weeks, especially uh, with the trade deadline looming just right around the corner. So in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked On Lightning, part of Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'll talk to you in the next one.